It's Jesse. If you're hearing this, that means my limited edition capsule collection for Joe Fresh is out now. <laughs> In select stores and at joefresh.com, I designed matching pieces for the entire family in a really fun, bold checkerboard print, including a baby romper, toddler and kids dress, a kids t-shirt and short set, a shirt for men, and the cutest women's linen short set that you will live in all summer long. Every piece is under $35 and warning, you will get compliments wherever you go. Shop it now before it's gone. This week on Phone a Friend. The Met Gala happened and I'm sharing my pick of the litter. The Kardashians are causing controversy with a K. And I'm phoning Sarah of the Bird's Papaya to make us all feel better about our bodies and humanity. I just have this hope for humanity that everyone, even the Kardashians, have the right to change. You're going to love this episode almost as much as you love yourself. So whip out your postpartum pooches and let's do this. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Let's phone a friend with Jesse Kripshake. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. I'm Jesse Crookshank. Hi, Phone a Friends. Okay, someone in my DMs was like, your listeners need a name. And I was like, yeah, you're my Phone a Friends. I realize it makes no sense. But you know what? Neither does Selenators. Selenators, whatever they're called. So phone a friends it is, okay? I hope you're having a great week. Um, mine started out a little rough when I found out that I was not invited to the Met Gala. Jason, my producer, hi. 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 Jay, were you invited to the Met Gala? No, uh, not this time. Rude. Don't they know we make the number one comedy podcast next right. to Smartless? Don't they? Doesn't Anna know that? Um, That won't stop me from talking about the Met Gala as if I was there. Plus, this week I am phoning my own icon, legend, queen, 
Sarah Nicole Landry, who you may know as the bird's papaya. And if you don't know her, stop what you're doing and follow her on Instagram right now, okay? Car wrecks might be caused. It is worth it. She's a mom of four. She's a body confidence advocate. Her perspective on, like, self-love and acceptance really will change the way you look at yourself. And truly... She is one of the OG influencers. So I had met her in the past, but I reconnected with her last summer when we were both invited to the inaugural sailing of the Disney Wish cruise ship, which was a private sailing for, quote, celebrities and influencers, which I know is like, but... They do that so that, like, quote, celebrities and influencers will post about the cruise or or talk about it on a podcast a year later. And let me tell you, (laughs) here I am talking about it, saying this was the greatest trip of my life. I have talked to you about this, Jason, for like an hour. I emerged a full-blown cruise person, okay? The Disney Wish was my Titanic. Mickey was the Jack to my Rose. And truly, (laughs) if you could go on this cruise, do it. You will be changed forever. So I had never been on a cruise. Um, Evan was working. And so I was like, I'm absolutely doing this. I took Rio and Dre all by myself. And what I didn't realize until we boarded the ship was that it would be filled with thousands of influencers from around the world. Like, I realized it was sold to me as a celebrity and influencer cruise, but I didn't make the connection that literally it would be like the United Nations of influencers, okay? Like, from all over the planet. If that ship went down, I'm pretty sure Instagram would go down with it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Honestly. Like, I didn't know how it didn't sink just from the sheer weight of the followers alone. So when everyone was on board, have I told you this story, Jason? No. I've never mm. also never heard you describe it as a private sailing. It was a private sailing. It was a private sailing. Do I sound like an asshole? No. <laughs> should, I, should I put should I, I just put didn't on know a, that's what you call it. It was a private me neither. Do you think I've ever been invited to a private anything? <laughs> let alone a private sailing. A private sailing. And I'm not sure which category I fell into, celebrity or influencer or just like the extra spot they had at the end. I don't know. So everyone gets on board. And the first thing we do is we gather into the grand hall. <laughs> should, we, should we add that? A private sailing starting with a gathering in the grand hall to meet our contingent. So there's little guides in the Grand Hall with little flags of the world, and you go find your group. So I meet up with the Canadian group of influencers, which is like the Bird's Papaya and, you know, obviously other kind and lovely people you probably follow online. And then you look around, and there were the Spanish influencers who were, like, tanned and hot with ripped Instagram husbands. And then there's the British influencers who were very fashionable and wore big hats and stayed out of the sun. And then the American influencers who are mostly like loud YouTube families with selfie sticks from the Midwest. (laughs) It was wild. I was so upset that Evan wasn't there, not to help me with the kids, but to give me someone to take it all in with. Like, Jason, imagine being surrounded by international... Okay, honey, I need you to go into the house. My child has interrupted. (laughs) Babe, I'm so sorry. I need you to go into the house. I will put Coco Melon on for you. Okay. 
Okay, into the house, please. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was not joking when I said on this very podcast that I bribe my children with melon. Where were we? Okay, Jason, imagine being surrounded by international influencers taking sexy selfies with Goofy and having no one to make jokes to. <gasps> I've never felt so alone. Truly. At one point, I was with Rio Andrea at the Toy Story splash pad, as you do on a private sailing. And this bigger kid was like in there with them and kind of being really aggressive with them. He was like chasing them, pushing them down the bow peep slide. I'm looking around for the kid's parents. Like, who's watching this child? Finally, he slips and falls and he's crying and he has a bloody knee. I'm looking around for the parents. I see this Southern couple sitting nearby talking to their phone on a selfie stick. I said, <laughs> excuse me. The mom literally holds up one finger and says, we're on a live. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. It's just your son is bleeding. We're live. So I was like, okay. I get the kid a Band-Aid. I look after the kid until the live was wrapped. There's like this strange understanding on an influencer cruise that everyone is there to influence. And I seem to be the only one on the ship who is like so embarrassed by all of it. Was there anyone there that you were like, Oh, I know them. Yes, Sarah Nicole Landry of the Bird's Papaya. <laughs> right. The minute I saw her getting onto the ship, I was like, oh, thank God, it's somebody that I know. Like, uh, tr truly, truly, truly. So I will talk to Sarah Nicole Landry about that cruise. And I want to talk to her about my influencing shame, her body pride. I want to get her take on so many of the celebrities who really have recently started talking about their bodies in a, in a sort of more open way. You have Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Kylie Jenner. So I say, pull out your postpartum bellies, show those stretch marks, celebrate that cellulite, and let's make our way to the Met in New York City. It's been a week. It's been a week, yeah. Okay. Sorry, my kid is homesick. So while that little uh, jingle was playing, I literally had to run out and turn on Coco Melon so he wouldn't interrupt this recording. Glamour. Speaking of glamour, on the first Monday in May, the most beautiful, successful, fashionable people on earth get dressed to the nines and head to the Met Gala, while the rest of us sit in stained sweatpants and judge them. This year, the theme was a celebration of Karl Lagerfeld, which was controversial because he's had a history of being racist, fatphobic, and misogynistic. But you know what? Who cares when he's made great suits and gowns? For me, I felt like the theme didn't really lend itself to the big, bold insanity that I have loved in years before. Like, do you remember the iconic camp theme that Celine Dion didn't understand? You know, at first I was a little bit confused when I heard camp. I wasn't sure what it meant. Like, I thought, like, camping. <laughs> I mean, we're going we're we're to go camping. I thought camping. We were not going camping. I really miss Celine in a feather headdress. I missed Zendaya in a light-up gown. I miss SJP with flames on her head. Instead, we got a lot of black and white. We got a lot of pearls, a lot of bows, a lot of archival Chanel, a lot of beauty. And then we got Doja Cat, who had this stunning Oscar de la Renta gown and a 
cat face, a literal face made to look like a cat, specifically Karl Lagerfeld's pet cat, Choupette. And boy, did she ever commit to the bit. Here's her red carpet interview with Vogue. Okay, so tell me all about this. Wow. I mean, who, wait, so who made it? Wow. Wow. Okay, so something a little different. So what was your inspiration for tonight? Be honest with me and go into detail. Wow. 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 I loved it. It was my, it's my favorite. What? Really? Yeah. You love it because you're a longtime Lady Gaga stan. And don't you feel like Doja Cat grew up watching Lady Gaga and was like, hold my beer? For sure. But I'm like, it's the one interesting thing I, I, I keep thinking about. That's fair. In your nightmares or? No. Okay. Well, you know I'm like a hardcore cat lady, so. <laughs> I'm not offended I by did. it. Okay, I like, I appreciate that. I, I like Doja Cat. Like, I, I, I do like that she's not afraid to look ugly to make a bold statement. I just feel like most of the time the statement is just like, look at me. Talk about me. You know what I mean? Or maybe she heard that Karl Lagerfeld did leave most of his inheritance to his cat. And she was like, maybe they'll think it's me. <laughs> I don't know. I think Karl Lagerfeld famously was a man who loved female beauty. And as someone who has owned two knockoff Chanel bags, I can confidently say that he would probably not have loved this snout. <laughs> You're a cat lady, Chase. Do cats have snouts? Um, no, there's a word for it. Listen, even my one-year-old Romy did not appreciate the snout. Here's what she said when she saw Doja Cat at the Met. What is this? Meow, meow. It's a meow, meow. You want to pet that meow, meow? No. Me neither. No. No, she didn't want to pet that. But I know what you're thinking. Carl Lagerfeld's cat deserved so much more than a prosthetic snout. She deserved a head-to-toe Disney Cruise-style cat mascot costume worn by male Doja Cat, Jared Leto. Can I just ask, again, as someone with two knockoff Chanel bags and a pair of hand-me-down knockoff Chanel earrings from my Aunt Barbara, is this fashion? Real question. Let me ask my one-year-old. Meow, meow. Is that fashion? No. No. No fashion. Not fashion. No fashion. Okay? You heard it here first. Not fashion. Like, Jared Leto, I'm sorry, but unless you're standing outside of a PetSmart spitting a sign that says cat litter 25% off, this is no fashion. Were you uncomfortable by this? I'm sure you were. Again, it was, like, interesting, but it's just a bit, like, cheesy. Was it interesting? I don't know. No, it's no fashion. I will tell you what man brought the high fashion. Bad bunny, baby. Bad bunny, baby. Uh, he had this backless white suit with a train, essentially, like a wrap covered in white roses. It sort of blurred that line of masculine and feminine. And I I'm going to tell you this, Jace. In the past week, I have gone from not knowing Bad Bunny to being deeply horny for Bad Bunny. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I saw him on Carpool Karaoke last week, which, by the way, is the most middle-aged white shit I have ever said (laughs) on this show. I saw him on Carpool Karaoke, and I thought, oh, boy, he is cute. I really did. And then one thing led to the other, and I found myself watching Bad Bunny TikToks under my covers at 3 a.m. I am all in on Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, baby. baby. Uh, Unfortunately, so is Kendall Jenner, who was there with him and without pants. Should we talk about her sister? I know, Jason, you did not like Kim's ensemble. Well, it just seemed low-key compared to her previous Oh, I don't know. You know, we can't always wear the clothes of dead icons, Jason, right? Sometimes we have to settle for a Schiaparelli dress made of 50,000 freshwater pearls. She just sort of became that person that's like, oh, what is she going to do to top that? How much farther can she go? I mean, she yeah. was literally had had real pearls draped over her nipples. When she was asked on the red carpet if she felt pressure to live up to her past years, knowing that you, Jason, my producer, <laughs> yeah. was expecting it from her, this is what she said. I did, but this year I just wanted to feel glamorous. I really didn't feel the pressure. I just wanted to have a good time. I took a shot before I came with my sisters. My daughter was in the room with me. She's actually in the car watching us, you know, all walk up the red carpet. So it was just like a glamorous night. (laughs) It's the best. I personally leave my kids in the car to run to the corner store when my baby takes a shit and I need diapers. She leaves her kid in the car to walk the Met Gala red carpet in millions of dollars worth of pearls. Just crack a window, you know? Be right back, honey. (laughs) In the gala, Kim ran into her ex, Pete. (laughs) Pete. Pete Monster Dick Davidson. I'm sorry. I had to bring it back. Or maybe it's just Pete Average Dick Davidson. I think that's sort of what the message that he was trying to spread, right? And that couldn't have been the only awkward run-in of the night because today, in Poor Olivia Wilde news. Poor Olivia Wilde. After getting divorced, having her movie panned, enduring an awkward press tour, watching her nanny tell all to a tabloid, going through a bad breakup, and watching her ex make out with the hottest woman on earth, she showed up to the Met Gala in the same dress as someone else. Which has happened to me at a wedding once, but historically has never happened in the history of the Met gala. It really was just a cherry on top of a few rough years for Olivia Wilde. She brushed it off on Instagram the next day. She posted a picture of the two of them and said, great minds, because she was twinning with Vogue China editor-in-chief Margaret Zhang. They were both wearing the same vintage Chloe gown. I just don't know how that happens, but I know someone got fired. Okay, I also need to know if she had a nice little catch up with Emily Ratajkowski, who was also inside, just like a casual. What have you been up to? Poor Olivia Wilde. (laughs) But I cannot talk about the Met Gala without crowning my official best dressed, worst dressed and sluttiest dressed. I, I am bringing back the word. 
<laughs> sluttiest. Let's start with best dressed, okay? And and may I just say, everyone who arrives at the Met Gala thinks they're the best dressed. Just like watch anyone pose on the carpet. Like Rita Ora is just out here like, I just shut this shit down. And then little Nas X shows up in head to toe crystals and a thong. And he's like, it's over, bitches. And then Rihanna shows up. And I'm sorry, but ladies and gentlemen, my best dress goes to Rihanna. I know it's kind of a basic choice, but I cannot resist pregnant Rihanna. Like, lock me in a room with Bad Bunny and pregnant Rihanna surrounded by trains made from white roses, and I will die happy, okay? Especially if that happens on the Disney cruise. That's how I want to end it. She showed up well after the red carpet was closed, after ASAP Rocky literally jumped over a person to get there. I don't know what happened there. She's wearing this flower I'm going to call it a cocoon, which I believe is the fashion term, sunglasses with eyelashes. Then she reveals her bump and she told everyone she felt expensive. How are we feeling tonight? Good, good, expensive. You can't top that. You can't. I mean, I also loved Dua Lipa. I loved Anne Hathaway. I, like, loved Sydney Sweeney, but I felt like they were boring but pretty. Rihanna shut that shit down. Who did you like? You're going to hate this, and I'm not, like, a fashion-y person, but I liked Kendall. Yeah, I thought okay. she looked sharp. Did you just say you thought she looked sharp? <laughs> she did, yeah. Do you know that my mom listens to this podcast, and she is absolutely, like, texting me right now. I, I agree with Jason. She looked sharp. <laughs> yeah. I just loved how tall she was compared to her sisters. She looked like me in heels next to any male co-host I've ever worked with. Like, <laughs> sorry, Dan. But I would tower over those boys. I was Kendall Jenner in that moment. Okay, so you're going Kendall Jenner. That's that's fair. Can we move on to my worst dressed? Yeah. My worst dressed is a two-time winner. Holds my crown for worst dressed at the Oscars. And ladies and gentlemen, she did it again. Congratulations, Florence Pugh. <laughs> you are my worst dress. Yes! I'm taking an Aperol spritz and cheersing to you. It wasn't the shaved head. I thought the shaved head was cool. She did it for a movie role. She concealed it for three weeks only to reveal it here for the first time with a headdress of bow and arrows and just a kind of like whatevs cream dress with a sort of unflattering cutout in the front. I just, I needed more from flow. Consistently, I need more from her at these big events. In fairness, it was not as bad as Ariana DeBose, who wore what appeared to be a moose knuckles jacket with oh, a no. matching <laughs> skirt. It was giving Yorkdale Mall at the Met, but she's been through enough. And finally, Jason, are you ready? Are you at the edge of your seat? I'm ready. It is time to crown my sluttiest dressed. And yes, my tribute to Karl Lagerfeld is bringing back a historically misogynist <laughs> term. Before I bestow this honor upon a deserving winner, I have to make sure I gather a crowd. So, calling all thirsty moms. Calling all thirsty moms. My sluttiest dressed is Pedro Pascal. 
who came to slay in a red coat and a shiny boot with a short short, just poking that slutty little knee out and making me want to drop down on my slutty little knee. Whew! We have not dedicated enough time to thirsting after Pedro Pascal on this show. In fact, I believe this is the first time in 13 episodes where his name has crossed my lips. And with that mustache, that swagger, that Met Gala look, I'd like a whole lot more of Pedro Pascal to cross my lips. So congratulations, Pedro. You have been crowned sluttiest dressed. And this has been Calling All Thirsty Moms. Calling All Thirsty Moms. And now was the Met Gala. Did we cover it? Wow. That's a yes from Doja Cat. Should we change into our after-party looks, do shots of 818, and talk about something else? What's next? What's next? Okay, when beauty isn't being celebrated at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, it's being celebrated at the Metropolitan Museum of TikTok. So call the Chinese spies. It's time for another edition of What's Hot in TikTok. What's hot on TikTok, 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 Beauty trend alert, an Australian tattoo artist named Daisy Foxglore, okay, recently sparked outrage on TikTok when she showed off the full coverage freckles she tattooed onto a woman's face. This is the canvas that I had to work on. My client has such beautiful skin, but as you can see, her features were made for freckles. So she says her redheaded client's features were, quote, made for freckles, which frankly is racist. Okay, not all redheads look alike. Plus, this woman is sitting there in the TikTok with red dots and irritated skin all over her face. She looks like she's been attacked by like a swarm of bees or had a terrible allergy to shellfish. I'll post it on Instagram. It is not cute. And as a person who has red hair and real freckles that cover my entire face and body, I can't believe the thing I hated my whole life is now like a hot look. Honestly, when my elementary school bully got the whole class to chant freckle face at me, just like freckle face, freckle face, And I ran down the hall, locked myself in a bathroom stall, and tried to erase my freckles with a Fraggle Rock eraser. Oh, yes, Jason, tears streaming down my cheeks, trying to erase them. I wish I had known that one day my freckles would be a TikTok trend. I wouldn't have known what a TikTok trend is, but, you know, maybe it would have given me a glimmer of hope. Or sent me into a deep depression. Either way, the video has gone viral, mostly because the outcry from my people, the freckled community, who can't believe that people are tattooing the thing we were insecure about growing up on their faces. And I will say now, as an elder millennial, I love my freckles. Truly, like makeup artists always want to cover them up, but I always tell them I want to show them. I'm I'm scared to do any kind of like facials or skin treatments because I don't want my freckles to go away. And I realize that freckles are just a cute word for sun damage, but I think they're adorable and they make me me. And this episode is all about self-love and body positivity. So I say celebrate your freckles. Work that melasma. After all, it's hot on TikTok. What's hot on TikTok? TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. What's next? What's next? 
Ooh, let's dive into some Kardashian content with a K. Kardashian content with a K. I'm sorry, a lot of podcasts you know are like, we don't cover the Kardashians. We're above the Kardashians. Oh no, if you want Kardashian content, you come to us. The trailer for the new season of the Kardashians on Hulu just dropped, and this is my Marvel movie. Okay, this is my The Flash. I never really kept up with the Kardashians until I went on tour. And after two and a half hours on stage every night, I would retreat to my hotel room alone, eating dirty late night pizza from wherever I could find it in Winnipeg, watching the Kardashians on my laptop until 2 a.m. It was heaven. So now I'm up to date on season one and two of the Kardashians on Hulu. But when it comes to this season three trailer, other than the fact that Kim broke up with Pete, Chloe has melanoma, Tristan might be back, and Chris's face literally doesn't move, I have two big takeaways that I capital K can't hold in any longer. Number one, the first two seasons of this new Hulu show were all about the sisters, like, really being there for each other. You know, the sisters comforted Kim through her divorce. The sisters stood up for Chloe after Tristan cheated on her 19 times and had several children out of wedlock. The sisters helped Chris recover from her hip replacement surgery. <laughs> Just as salacious. <laughs> It would cut from, like, somebody crying over the most devastating public cheating scandal imaginable to Chris with a walker. That was <laughs> Chris the in physiotherapy. It was literally. <laughs> and now let's check in with Chris, who's doing slow exercises on a yoga mat. Oh, my God. Hmm. But this season, I mean, either Chris saw viewers were dropping off and needed to write a plot twist or... The sisters are doing it for themselves because they are turning on each other hard. Kim's apparently in her villain era and used Courtney's wedding as a business opportunity. So far, the only proof of that is that Courtney is claiming Kim used her wedding as a business opportunity. My sister used my wedding as a business opportunity. But how things really went down is unclear. The business opportunity in question is Kim's collaboration with Dolce & Gabbana, which allegedly started while Kim was spending time with the designers in Italy while they were designing all of the dresses for Courtney's wedding. Why does it bother Courtney, you might ask? She felt like her wedding vibes were, like, stripped from her. Ugh. How dare she strip a woman of her wedding vibes? <laughs> Her wedding vibes were, like, stripped from her. I think it's okay to set the groundwork for a business opportunity at someone else's wedding. Do you agree, Jason? I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, me either. At least she's not announcing a pregnancy, Harry and Meghan style. <laughs> right. Plus, we all know that Kim is a woman in business who likes to get her fucking ass up and work. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. And sorry, Courtney, but we all know how you are when it comes to running a business. If you had a business that you were passionate about, then you would know what it takes to run a business, but you don't. Oh, did you pull that from the archives, Jason? Yes. <laughs> Pulled, ripped from the archives. A classic. That quote, a classic with a K, Kardashian quote. And the fact that they're fighting over a business opportunity with designers who are notorious for being racist and homophobic. Sorry, for having racist and homophobic vibes. 
I mean, it's probably acknowledged in depth in a later episode. I, I'm sure they all come to the red table to talk about that. Absolutely. Number two. In the trailer, Kylie says something I never thought would come out of a Kardashian's mouth. All of us just need to have a bigger conversation about the beauty standards that we're setting. I need to talk to the Burns Papaya about this. I mean, this is partly why I'm phoning her today, because the Kardashians are absolutely responsible for sort of ushering in a curvier aesthetic. But then I feel like at some point that aesthetic just morphed into fillers and butt implants and a completely unsustainable standard of beauty that I'm not sure a conversation on Hulu can solve. (laughs) Kylie also says this. I don't want my daughter to do the things I did. I wish I'd never touched anything to begin with. That's Kylie saying, I wish I'd never touched anything to begin with. Set to the most dramatic trailer music of all time. (laughs) I think it's actually the music used in Marvel movies. So I'm telling you, same. It's just funny to me, not because she wishes she never touched anything to begin with, but because she literally just went on record saying she doesn't regret touching anything to begin with. (laughs) In an interview with Grazia magazine, she says, quote, I had my one lip insecurity thing, so I got lip filler, and it was the best thing I've ever done. I don't regret it. End quote. Cue dramatic music. Lies. Deception. Melanoma. How will it all play out when the Kardashian cinematic universe returns to Hulu May 25th? I'm going to have to go back on tour just to watch. And while we're talking about wedding vibes and the Kardashians, <laughs> We should also acknowledge that Kim's longtime hot hairstylist, Chris Appleton, recently tied the knot with his boyfriend, Lucas Gage, after approximately three months of dating. Kim married them. She was their officiant in a Vegas wedding weekend and capped it all off with a private performance of You're Still the One, sung live by Shania Twain. Chris looked at Lucas. Lucas looked at Chris and said, you're still the one since early 2023. (laughs) What's next? What's next? Okay, the Kardashians aren't the only ones who are finally talking openly about unrealistic beauty standards. Recently, Ariana Grande came out and asked people to stop commenting on her weight. Selena Gomez said she cries at night reading the comments about her body. It really feels like this is a conversation that people in the public eye are starting to have more openly. And I wanted to talk about all of it with someone who's been having this conversation openly and honestly for years. It's time to phone a friend. That sound means we have breaking news, and we really do. I mean, we were mid-recording this when the news of Taylor Swift's new boyfriend broke. Taylor Swift is not dating Nick Cannon or the guy from the All Too Well video or the guy who drives race cars. She is officially dating, according to multiple news organizations. If you can consider them news organizations, considering they are covering who Taylor Swift is dating, the lead singer of the 1975, a band I've actually heard of. Thank you. His name is Matty Healy, and no surprise, he is a white British guy, but he's not boring. He's always getting in trouble for saying things he probably shouldn't. He's an amazing performer. I'm going to say it. He's kind of sexy. He has that swag that I talk about, the kind that Ryan Reynolds does not have. 
She got on stage at his show in London on Wednesday night, so call the Swift Squad and stage a paparazzi photo before they all follow Maddie Healy immediately on Instagram because this is happening. Back to the show. Whew, okay, where was I? Oh, yes. Let's phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. I am phoning Sarah Nicole Landry, or the bird's papaya. She is a body confidence activist, a mom of four, and an influencer who not only celebrates and shares her postpartum body, her stretch marks, her cellulite with her millions of followers online, she also shares her story, her ups, her downs through motherhood, divorce, and learning to love herself. I love her so much. And now I realize the phone's been ringing for a while. I hope she answers. Hey, Jesse. Hello! You knew it was me. I knew it was you. Yeah. Call Display is amazing. <laughs> Hi, Sarah Nicole Landry. I am so excited to have you on the pod. I'm um, so excited you have a podcast. I don't think people realize like what an OG fan I am. And then I had to like admit it out loud when we hung out. And I was like, listen, everyone needs to know what a big deal this is. And then I'm like, and then I also have to just like acknowledge that you're going to also see my stories. I did not realize that until, so we, we met, we met a few times, but we met most recently. We met a few times before, but we never really hung out until last year. No, I remember we met at that, there was like a Plan Canada World Empowerment event. That was the first time we met. And I was like, I did not follow you you at that time. Oh, totally. Because I was like, oh, who is she? You were wearing these like white cargo pants. I remember- Really remember <laughs> every? Do you remember what you were wearing? Because I do. I remember. Um, everything I remember. About I had outfits. like a leopard print overpiece or something. Oh, and okay. I remember it was in a mall and we were yeah, hosting a, a game show. It was in a mall. Yeah, it was amazing. And I just could. I was like such a pinch me moment because I was like, I cannot believe I'm in the same space as Jesse Kirkshank. I used to stay up. My sister and I used to like hunker down in the living room. I uh, because I had kids when I like they were little. All. I sorry, I was little when I had kids. I had like <laughs> a ba- newborn in my arms, and my sister and I would like sit in the living room and we'd we'd wait up and we'd watch like the after show. And so I like went all the way back with you. And so it's always been so fun for me to like see you still and also and doing so much more and different. When you came out with podcasts, I was like, yes, you're just one of my favorite. Pe- I remember when that show ended, and I was like wait, like what happens now? And now I get to look back and see you and Dan and your careers just be in so many cool places. And I'm just like, you know what? I invested some good time in those late nights. That was a good choice. Okay, first of all, I brought you on this show to help uh, all of us like feel better about ourselves. And you've officially helped me feel amazing (laughs) about myself. So I could just end this call now. (laughs) Truly, that's so kind. Do you know what's funny is most people will say to me like, oh, I used to watch you when I was a teenager or like when I was drunk. And you're like, no, I used to watch you when I was breastfeeding my infant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got married at 19. So I had like a baby by 21. So all of those shows were... So just to know like how much those shows impacted me, by the time I was pregnant with my third, I was 24. And I really wanted to name him Talon because I... (laughs) I went to Laguna Beach. Oh my God. I was like, you can't Talon. And I remember I saw, he's like on TikTok now. And I'm like, oh, Talon is back. Talon is back. And I'm just like, oh, Talon. Yeah. I went to Laguna Beach once and I went to the stores and everything. I was just like, 
such a dork, but oh, I love it. Oh my God. Do you know I got yeah. into a Talon TikTok rabbit hole, which, you know, I yeah. suggest to any uh, any of my phone of friends, like do yourself the honor. I watched Talon's TikToks for like Talon. 45 minutes of my life last week and I thought maybe I should get him on the show, you know? Do you remember like peak Talon season? He was like dating <laughs> Nicole Scherzinger. Like my God. No, I don't remember that. Don't you? Maybe I made it up. No, I'm no, you... pretty sure they dated. I'm okay. pretty sure that they were a couple. I am Googling right now. Google right now. If here's what I'm going to say. If Talon dated Nicole Scherzinger, I'm absolutely getting him on they the pod. definitely dated. Okay, he's they coming definitely on. He's dated. coming on. Yeah, he's com- I'm sending happening. a DM after this. Well, I don't want, as much as I do want to spend In our time together talking about Talon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, we, I feel we have a lot to talk about because when I kind of reconnected with you on that Disney cruise, I didn't realize that you were a full-blown Disney adult. Like, I finished the cruise and thought, okay, I'm good on Disney for a while. I feel like you've been to Disneyland seven times since. It really triggered something in me. So we already had, I grew up like my dad used to get a bonus every year from work. My parents would drive us down and we'd have like a day at Disney. So Mm. I had like very young memories of Disney, but I'd never done the full Disney experience. So I actually, when I hit a really good point in my career and I could afford it, I said like, I really want to thank my kids for being on this ride with me. I mean, I started the birth papaya when I was a stay-at-home mom with like two little babies who are now 17 and 15. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you guys have really been my number one supporter since day one. They're always have been like so, they never made me feel weird about it. Mm-hmm. So I surprised them with this trip to Disney and then the pandemic happened. So we had three, almost, well, I guess like two and a half years of waiting. And so that summer we had this planned book trip and then wouldn't you know that Disney invites us on the inaugural cruise. So now right. we're we're like bookending the summer with Disney. And that cruise was such a cool experience. Uh. And then we did Disney World. And then I went there and I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to run the Disney Marathon. So I'm signed up for that next no. year. I've just no. I'm actually going tomorrow on as a volunteer for a Dreams Take Flight for literally one day. I'll be in Disney tomorrow. Sarah it's a Nicole lot. Landry, the bird's papaya, ladies and gentlemen, is a Disney full adult. till Disney adult. I know. And you know what? I felt and, so and I, and embarrassed, but it. now I love it. I love yeah. it. Do you know who also is a famous Disney adult? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. And Gigi Hadid just did a whole thing yes. where she was like all her Disney yes. stuff. And I was like, you know what? We're finally speaking it into, oh, the, into the air. Like You're we in are, good company. We're Disney adults. We're the people that refuse to grow up and we love it. We love it. Yeah. I I talked more about the Disney Cruise earlier on this show. I am a mm-hmm. very, like, reluctant influencer. I hate that word. I find mm-hmm. it all so mm-hmm. embarrassing. But yeah, you same. are, like, OG blogger, one of the original yeah. influencers. This is your job. You're hugely successful at it. Have you found a way to just embrace it? Uh, no, I still cringe. I still, oh, really? I think I, I think I cringe at what it means to people in their heads. Like mm. it's just, and it's interesting because if you said TikToker or podcaster, that's somehow cool. But Instagrammer uh, or like influencer is somehow like 
cringy. And I think I th- if I think I'm going like to be... TikTok or after a certain age is no longer cool. Yeah, maybe. I would argue that. But like yeah. if you look in the news and like who's on red carpets right. now, it's like TikTokers, yes. right? But I did find that one thing I've really had to zone in on, anytime a woman has championed in a career or like something, it's often minimized and mocked. Mm. So when I think about influencer marketing as a whole, it literally was mostly stay-at-home moms. There was a lot of women in like fashion and people who were st- who literally created an industry out of nothing and utilize social media as this vehicle, as this medium. And now we have influencers and I don't want it to be mocked and minimized because it's been mostly women who have led the charge in it. Oh my God. You just completely reframed how I think about that term and how I have been thinking about it since it's been in existence in 45 seconds. And for that, you get your second air horn sound effect. Of the interview. I don't think I've ever given two out that quickly. This is settle in. This is going to be good. Okay, so I want to come out of the gate telling you something really embarrassing. Like you thought you were embarrassed. This is how I I bond. Okay, here we go. I was so excited to see you on the cruise. We spent some time together. I got to meet yeah. your kids, your husband. You yeah. had all these super cute outfits, like these, these oh, yeah, I planned it Mickey out. dresses. I was like yeah, so into your whole look. But then the one time I saw you, in your bikini, I was truly starstruck by your oh, body, which oh is like gosh. an insane thing to tell anyone. But I've been looking at this gorgeous, yeah. unique body on Instagram for so long that when I saw it in real life, it like took my breath away. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. Really? Because I just I never grew up seeing anybody like even show stretch marks or cellulite. Yes. So now when I see it out there, I'm like. God, it's so hot when people just like own themselves. And so to think that you had that moment about me, because I probably had like an internal like, I have to be like on this cruise ship in front of other people in a bikini. And I'm so glad I did it now. That makes me very happy. Oh my God. Yes. I was like, there she is, like act natural, but like, <laughs> look at how beautiful she is. Ah, Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I think it's a a great example of, I think everyone just assumes I'm like uber confident But I think that what I recognized over the years and in practices of like, oh, getting in a bikini on in in a cruise ship being like newly postpartum, I think what's cool about that is I probably wasn't feeling very confident, but I did the confident thing, which is what confidence actually is. It's not a feeling. It's Mm. an action. And so whenever I get opportunities to like activate that and really show up is some of my proudest moments, because then you look back on it and you're like, remember how fearful I was of like all these scenarios that could have happened that I made up in my head. And the reality is something really cool and awesome. And I hope other people also were like, dang, if she can show her cellulite and stretch marks, like what's holding me back? So I'm so grateful for other women who show up as themselves because, and I think it with you, because you're so unapologetic online. And that's something that like, I'm really working on because I feel like the last few years have sort of like made me a shell of who I am a little bit where like everything you say is wrong. So I'm like, God, I miss funny me. I miss when I was like hilarious and it was okay to offend people. Like it's just a different time. Oh, that's okay. I want to get to all of that because that's so interesting. So let's like rewind to the beginning before you got to this place where you could be on a cruise ship feeling confident, wearing a bathing suit. Where did it all begin? What did you have to go Mm. through to sort of get here. Basically, I'm asking you to tell us your life story. <laughs> like rock rock bottom Just, is the yeah. answer. Oh, wow. Um, so I actually was, like I said, I'd been Instagram or been blogging and then Instagramming for some time and mm-hmm. always like from the outside looking in, everyone was so perfect and they had their lives together. 
And I really hadn't picked up on the fact that like that was just a piece of their lives and not like the whole thing. So when I was blogging, I was blogging about my house or crafts I had done or recipes I'd made with the kids. It was never about us at that time. And then when Instagram became a thing, suddenly the cameras were turned on to us and what we were wearing and what we were doing and what we looked like. And I really took that as now a bad motivation to change what I looked like. So Mm. I went through this whole journey of actually losing 100 pounds and Instagram loved me for it. I got this big following. Everything was great. I now had this at this point, I'd been doing I'd been doing social media for like seven, eight years or blogging and everything. And like nothing really was like taking off. And mm. then I lost weight and everybody loved me. Wow. And uh, eventually my mental health caught up with me. My health caught up with me. I was really struggling with all of that attention and also the reality that my health was starting to fail. Mm. I had I was going through a divorce. I'm like living at my parents. I'm not saying anything about it. And I'm, I was really, truly rock bottom. And I remember somebody came up to me and it was one of the worst days after post-divorce. And like I said, nobody knew what I was going through, but the divorce triggered even more weight loss. So I ran into somebody and they were like, oh my God, like you look so good. You've never looked better. And I realized nobody is seeing anything except for what I look like, because that's what I've made my thing. And I am going through some of the worst things of my life. And I don't even know if I've had a meal in weeks. So uh, a light bulb moment, I was like, I need to change the way I'm like, I need to change my life. And that also meant that I had changed the way of showing up online. I had a therapist who was like, you need to start, you know, writing down your thoughts. So I started writing notes in my phone, letters to myself, just processing some of the insecurities that I had about my body and how much they were controlling me and Mm. controlling my life, even after a hundred pounds of weight loss, I was more anxious about my body than ever. So I, um, I, I started making those notes, Mm -hmm. these journal entries, my captions, and I had no idea that other people had similar thoughts or were going through similar things. And then at one point I remember I showed like an inch of my, I think it was like an inch of my stretch marks on my Uh stomach. And I was like, you know, proclaiming acceptance of them. And then I read the comments and it was like thousands of women saying, oh my God, my stomach looks just like hers. And this was maybe five or six years now ago. And at that time, I'd never seen stretch marks on social media or anywhere. And I remember it just being like, what? There's other people who have a stomach like mine. It was, there's this saying that I love, once a secret is told, it loses its power. And I feel like that Mm. moment sort of showed me that I had been taking these things that I thought I was so isolated in the experience of, and I was hiding myself and I was keeping myself at home and I was not experiencing life. And I was, you know, um, restricting my body, restricting my life, restricting Mm -hmm. everything about me to cater Mm -hmm. to a reality that was false. Like there was actually so many people that had stomachs like mine, who had postpartum journeys like mine, Mm -hmm. who gained weight while nursing a baby, all of these experiences. And that's when everything changed for me. And when I realized that loving yourself or feeling confident was not a feeling, but is an action. And yet we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, why don't I like myself? Like, why am I struggling so much? And we forget so much that it's action. We have to show love to ourselves, not wait for a feeling before we go and do the rest of our lives. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. Can we go back and talk about this idea of actively loving yourself? What do you mean by that? I think we want to say that it's like going to the spa or, you know, getting your nails done or having a bubble bath. But the reality is it's different for each of us. And Uh pay attention to your thoughts. When you're having moments of like really feeling filled, take a second and think about why. So a lot of times we give we give credit to the wrong place. So let's right. say you go and get your hair done, right? So you go and get your hair done. Yes, of course, your hair looks amazing afterwards. You take the picture. You're like, yes, feeling it, loving it. Uh-huh. And we go, I feel great about myself because my hair is good. No, the reality is that's just one little piece of it. You spent money, you spent time, and you had somebody's hands on you. These are mm. all things that for me makes me feel loved. Especially as a mom, the day goes kind of wild. My big thing is skincare. I always bookend my day the exact same way in the morning and at night. I can't control anything else that happens, but I can control how I start and end my day. I think it's nice to touch my face. I think Uh it's nice to see myself in a mirror and remind myself that I'm human and I'm deserving of care. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, and I think I I put so much of my identity into them yeah. and who I was as a mother, and now I'm like a working mom, and that identity has shifted a little bit, and I've had to really pay attention to the ways that I feel cared for, not that I don't have mom guilt, yeah. but how I actually feel whole as a human. Disney adulting, this mm. is a prime example. Yes. Disney makes me happy. I denied yeah. it for a long time. Now I'm tuning back into it. I get made fun of for it all the time. Sure. But if that's what makes me happy, we have to, like, that's really important for me to pay attention to. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I feel like that, like, truly listening to you, I, felt like I was going to cry. I'm like on the verge of tears because people ask me all the time, how do you do it all? You look like you have it together. And I'm like, I put absolutely no time into myself. Do you want to know what the secret is? I spend my time on my kids, on my work, and that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. for me, my favorite part of my day is putting makeup on. Like, look at me. I have a full drag face on for a podcast. Usually the same way. Because I like, that's, I think, what you're saying and what I'm hearing from you is like, that's I'm my me time. It is your me time. And not only that, but it's reflecting out what you want to reflect out. Yes. I've, I've faced a lot of criticism over the years for wearing makeup in the realm of talking about self-love. How could you uh. love yourself and wear makeup? But the reality is it used to be a mask and now it's like painting the canvas. Like, mm-hmm. my gosh, I love when I have like full glam on. Oh, I've noticed a character change for myself. I'm yeah. more intentional. Mm-hmm. I feel more motivated. Mm-hmm. They say for men, when you're searching for a job and you're sitting at home, still put a suit on. And for me, it feels like that too. I feel a little bit more motivated, a little bit more jazz. And it's not because I'm wearing makeup. It's because I took the time to do something that felt good for me. And for somebody else, it might be going completely makeup-free and feeling the power of that. And that's why we celebrate the differences and we celebrate the autonomy that we get within the realm of love. Yes, 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 yes. I like, oh, I'm getting a third air horn. The third air horn. I, I don't have enough for you. I'm telling you, it's not a mask. It's painting the canvas. Like, yes, can I get that you. in italics in a home sense frame and put it on my wall? Because that's what I need to see every day. It's so true. Yeah. You said you still have insecurities about your body. Of course. You know? Of course. Yeah. And everybody listening has insecurities about their body. What is one thing that we can do today and every day? And this isn't like get your hair done, get your nails done, because that I understand understand what you're saying completely. But what Mm -hmm. can we do in our own brains when we look in the mirror to move towards a place of acceptance and sort of self-love? 
I think the biggest thing is like remembering that it is a distraction, right? So if you're having one of those days that are unavoidable, where the bikini is not an option, the shorts are not an option, everything is making you feel like you want to stay at home. Uh I like to have safe outfits. They're ones that are usually flowy. They're away from my body. Ones that make me not think about my body. Mm. If I end up going to the beach in a full sweatsuit, Mm -hmm. my God, I'm there. I am there. (laughs) I'm doing the thing. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It took me a long time to figure that out. Sometimes it's so, it feels so courageous and rebellious to be like, yes, I'm just going to wear the bikini. But when the body is loud in the mind, it's hard to do that. And when the body is loud and you're standing in front of the mirror, my recommendation wouldn't be keep fighting back. What I do is I walk away from it as quickly as possible and I leave the house. If I don't do that, I will change my clothes about 45 times. I will start destroying things. I'll get in tears. There's been countless times that I've sat at the bottom of my closet, just weeping, feeling like nothing looked right on me, things that I loved a week before. That's not because the clothing changed. It's because my mind has is in a different space. So I have really learned to not push myself into showing up in the bikini, but more so just showing up, however that looks and really honoring the process. I love that we have in the lexicon, we have a safe word, we have a safe space, but now we have, thanks to you, a safe outfit. I know exactly what Mm, my safe outfits are. Yes. We should all have safe outfits and Mm. know that you can go to those at any time. I love that because we are entering bathing suit season. We are, yeah. And this you're is why I love saying, a one piece. Right? Love and you're not piece. telling love people so to wrong. like say, fuck it, just get into that bathing suit. That's a lot of the messaging no. that we received. I think I said that a few years ago, but I don't anymore because I had to go. I think I said it at a time that I still had a I had a pretty like a body that was easier for me to maybe process. Going through postpartum was was kind of rough. Mm. So I'm very big on, you know what, the last thing anybody needs is feeling shame for showing up at the beach in a one piece and a full sarong or like a muumuu covering it all or like I said, like sweatpants. Yeah. I think we have to pay attention to what makes us feel like we can show up. Yeah. Now it's like a very specific sweatsuit mm-hmm. that when I put on, I like, it doesn't even like cut into my body and I just, it's just so, it just sits on me and I just feel like I get to exist. Mm. And I love that feeling. I feel like as women, we don't get that a lot. Yes. To just put something on and walk out the door and feel like we exist and not think about anything else. Is this clinging? Is this touching? That's so... I love that so much. Um, I think one of the reasons I called you today is because I feel like in the last month or so, more and more celebrities are speaking out about their bodies for various reasons. So I thought I could list a few of the most recent headlines, and I would love for you to weigh in. Not on a scale. Ariana Grande posted a really vulnerable video asking for people to stop commenting on her body. Here's a part of it. I think we should be gentler and less comfortable commenting on people's bodies, no matter what. You never know what someone is going through. So even if you are coming from a loving place and a caring place, that person probably is working on it or has a support system that they are working on it with. And you never know. So be gentle with each other and with yourselves. How did you feel watching that? I felt so proud that it was somebody who was talking from the other end of the spectrum Because I had had this conversation before about when people made comments on other people's bodies postpartum, complimentary or not. And Mm -hmm. so many women came forward and was like, I actually, when I was celebrated for how thin I was after having a baby, I was actually going through postpartum depression. Or 
when I was celebrated for being thin, I was actually going through, you know, this treatment or this health crisis. And there are points now where, you know, as uncomfortable as it is sometimes for me to admit my health is at a bigger weight. I'm active. I eat well. I'm nourished. I'm mentally in a better space. And my body is holding on to more. And what Ariana was saying in that TikTok was just the reality of her pursuit of health looks like that. Body comments are body assumptions. And when we make body comments and body assumptions out of quote unquote concern, it actually creates a bigger issue than it helps anybody and everybody reading it as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's funny too, is I am, we have babies, Todd, oh God, toddlers. toddlers. Close close in age. And the comment that I get often is like, oh, how did you do it? You look so great. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, guys, my insides are black. I treat myself like shit. I eat, I'm (laughs) the the least healthy I've ever been in my life. I'm not proud of it, but like it shouldn't be celebrated either. You know, that's the reality. They see a size and they equate it with health and with worth. Okay. Selena Gomez recently admitted, she said she's been lying in saying that the body shaming doesn't bother her. Uh, Mm -hmm. She said, I would be shamed for gaining weight and say it doesn't matter, but I would actually be posting and crying my eyes out because nobody deserves to hear those things. Were you surprised that someone as hugely famous as her is still crying over comments? No. I mean, do comments still get to you? Oh, for sure they do. I think it's been tough because there is a lot of assumptions that get made or a lot of the things around why don't I love my face as much as I love my body because I go and you know, put makeup on or I've gotten facials in the past. I had, you know, cosmetic Botox. I get it for migraines now. I was very open about it. I didn't think that that would get thrown back in my face. And I'm also very pro body autonomy. I don't care if people get a complete plastic surgery from head to toe. Mm. I don't want to be a part of their shame cycle. I'm here to support you. That's your body. It's not my business. But when people say things about me in in a cruel way, I just know that they don't have the truth. I mean, somebody the other day was like, this girl just looks like she goes to McDonald's every day. I can't even eat at McDonald's. I'm allergic (laughs) to all of it. So like, get your facts straight. Also, like, you don't even, you probably couldn't keep up with me these days for how fast I can run. I'm now training for She's running a Disney marathon, everybody. running a Disney marathon. Yeah, I've cut like six minutes off my time. Like, come at me. Last but not least, in the new trailer for the Kardashians, have you seen it? I did see it. Uh, Yeah. So Kylie asks the group, she says, All of us just need to have a bigger conversation about the beauty standards that we're setting. Do you think the Kardashians have personally fucked up our culture's body image as a whole? And is there anything they could do, any bigger conversation they could have to undo the damage? I am glad that they're bringing it up, but I come back to this core ethos of, Everyone deserves to have their own body and make choices for that body, even Mm -hmm. if it's the wrong choice. I guess I just don't want to come down too hard on it yet. I want to see where it goes because I do think they probably have more vultures with claws in them than anybody else. So I Mm -hmm. have like that bit of empathy while also the awareness. I mean, there was a time where I was following one of them and then they they pushed something that was so damaging that I was like, I have to unfollow this yes. so damaging for me to see. Yes. Like a but tea. I, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A tea. It was definitely yeah. one of those. And uh, that made me like sad because you like want to. And I met Chloe at one point. And I remember she gave me a hug and I thanked her because her brand was like actually creating extended yeah. sizing and this girl, her body had been talked about more than anybody. And she's been open about her anxiety now, her struggles. 
And I just remember she hugged me and she was so warm with people and she was so kind. And I thought, this is what I want to remember you for. And so I've just always decided that that's what I remember her for. But I'm not going to defend everything they've ever done. Right. But I mean, it's hard because women shame women more than anything else. So I just am like, I don't know. It's one that I'm really stumped on, I'll be honest. I can't believe that answer. That is the most kind, uh, generous way to look at the Kardashians. I've never heard that perspective. I think we have to. I feel this way about everyone. Everyone has the right to change. Everyone has the right to improve, be better, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. I just, I have to hold that hope for the world. If I don't hold that hope for the world, then I then I would probably internally crumble and I would feel like everyone's awful and going everywhere. But I was also somebody who participated in diet culture uh-huh. and I'm on the other side of it and going, I get to be my own hypocrite now. I get to tell you about the other side. I'm somebody who got to lose the hundred pounds and tell you that it didn't make me happy that, you know, altered parts of myself and like edited my photos in ways that wasn't even me anymore. And I'll tell you, it didn't make me happy. It didn't make me confident. It didn't make me feel validated or loved. So I just have this hope for humanity that Mm. everyone, even the Kardashians, Mm. have the right to change. And that gives me a lot of hope. The hope is there. I love that. We'll see what happens. Thank you for weighing in, not on a scale. Truly. And speaking of famous people, because my show is called Phone a Friend and you just dropped that you've met Khloe Kardashian, please tell Mm. me who is the most famous person in your phone. I will also include DMs for you. You can, I'll allow DMs. Uh, I DM a fair bit and she's, she's reposted me a couple of times. Jenna Fisher. Oh, Pam from the office, which is like, just, I don't know. I think she's so cool. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's quite a few of them. Like a lot of the Vanderpump rules cast, which I respectfully dance that line of like not asking questions. I mean, you don't want to get too involved with the Vanderpump rules cast because before you know it, you're going to be cheating with someone that you shouldn't be. So stay, keep a distance there. Um, So we've talked a lot about body image, but you're open about so much more than that. Motherhood, divorce, love, all of it. And because there's so much more I want to ask you and we're running out of time, I put together a little rapid fire quiz. Ooh, okay, let's do it. It's called Read My Body Language. And because... Because you're a former Hills after show viewer, I feel we should use the Heidi Montag song for the intro of this game. Okay, here we go. All you have to do is fill in the blank as quickly as you can. I love my body because... It's strong. My favorite thing about my body is... My stretch marks. I feel most beautiful when... I am... on a beach, weirdly. (gasps) No, I love that. I don't know. Connected with the earth, touching the grass a little. How close does a Disney cruise have to be to said beach? Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. The hardest part about motherhood is? The guilt. Mm. The best part about motherhood is? That everything is amazing and exciting. Even a dead worm, we realized this week, is a very exciting time. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, My toddler is a? Oh, joy. My teenagers are hilarious and humbling. (laughs) Oh, the one thing you need to know about divorce is it gets better. Hmm. I knew I had found true love when I wanted to get married again (laughs) (laughs) and have a fourth. Oh, my my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. I never I just honestly like I've never said this before. I just wanted to be a hoe. I just want to get divorced (laughs) and be a hoe. 
And I remember when Shane, I met Shane, I was like, fuck, I want to be with him till I'm 80. This oh. sucks. I was so, I was so bitter about it. Did you have <laughs> a little hope period in there? I had a little hope period. That's just, great. A, just a slight one. Yeah. Everybody needs a little Enough. hope period. That's I know, another especially home if you sense. got married at 19. <laughs> picture. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna add that to my um my the home sense pictures on my walls. Everybody oh my needs gosh, a hope I period. Yeah. Um what you don't see on Instagram is um my true humor, probably, because oh. I'm always afraid of being banned. Is that true? I mean, one time I said I was gonna kick somebody's butt in a board game and I got shadow banned for a week. Stop. Because you can't say kick your butt on Instagram. Well, maybe people just aren't paying attention to me because I say a lot worse. I know. That's why I love you, though. If I didn't have social media, I would. I would be moonlighting as a server because that was my favorite job. Are you serious? Yes, I loved serving. Oh, my God. You know why? Why? You get to leave your work at work. You go home and it doesn't mentally stay with uh, you. And uh, you get to, yeah, uh, like, I don't know. Can I just I had say, some of the worst days of my life and then I went and served that night and I was like, that was the best thing for me. I'm like flailing my hands. I'm human air horn sound effect to that right now because you know what? Sorry to pause the rapid fire game, but let's put a hard pause here because as women who run their own business, we, and with kids, we put our kids down and we're fucking working till 11 p.m. Like there's no yeah. end to the day. There's I have no sat end. in rooms waiting for a meeting. The Last week I was waiting for a meeting. I saw the water delivery man come in, switch out the water in the office and walk away. And I thought, that's my dream job. That's my dream job. That's yeah. my dream job because I... Yeah change out the water, and then I go home and I don't have yeah. to think about it. I don't have to think about it. Does it come with you? <gasps> oh, okay. Finally, the thing I am most proud of is that I am who I am. And I think that that took me, without crying, it took me a really long time to be who I am. Yeah. It's uh, taken a lot of work to be proud of who I am and to be who I am and to show up as that person and to recognize that thing I was chasing for all of those years um, to be was actually just coming home to myself all along. Oh, my God. And now I'm crying. And I think this might be the first time I've ever cried on this podcast. I think we chase our whole lives going to find ourselves, find our purpose, find all that. And almost everybody, you get all the way down into who you were as a child and you ask that, like you ask that version of yourself what they want to be, and then you figure out how to be that. That's what I'm doing. Wow. I mean, Sarah Nicole Landry created poetry right here, playing <laughs> Read My Body Language set to Heidi Montag's classic Love it. body Love language. It. Thank you. Everything you have shared with me today has been so thoughtful and empowering and inspiring. And so before I let you go, I want to leave my phone of friends with one final thing, just a few body positive affirmations that they can play out loud when they need a much needed reminder of how beautiful they are. And I would like you to read them with me if you would. Would you do that with me? Okay. These are courtesy of Megan the Stallion's song, Body. Oh my God. I love it. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'll begin. Body crazy, curvy, wavy, big titties, lil waist, body, oddy, 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 oddy. Num, 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 num. Eat it up. Foreplay. Okay. Three, two, one. You know, I'm the hottest. You ain't ever gotta heat me up. <sighs> the category is body. 
Look at the way it's sitting. Yeah, the ratio so out of control. If I wasn't me and I would have seen myself, I would have bought me a drink, hey. Took me home, did me long, ate it with the panties on. Uh, uh, uh. <sighs> You're too good at this. I could build a house with all the brick I got, yeah. Bitches spend a lifetime trying to get this hot. Trying to get this hot. Sarah Nicole Lynch. <laughs> Find her on all social media platforms at The Bird's Papaya. Listen Yay. to the Papaya podcast for more positivity, life lessons, and affirmations just like the ones we just shared. Well, not like that, but you get it. Thank hey, you, Sarah. Ho days. Ho days. <laughs> okay, next time you're in LA, you call me and I will okay. take you far away from the Kardashians. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Or we'll go to them if you want another hug from Chloe. We'll we'll make it work. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sarah Nicole Landry. I'm telling you, there are not enough air horn sound effects on earth for that woman. Everything she said was worthy of a Truly, like, she's so wise, so poetic. She brought me to tears for the first time on this show. So bonus points for that. Thank you so much, Sarah. After the break, I'm checking my voicemail, and it's an urgent call about a song lyric you've probably been hearing wrong for years. Minds will be blown. Next. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. feeling confident and comfortable in the skin I'm in. And at this point in the episode, you should know, I have unbuttoned the top three buttons on my jeans so as to sort of air out the sack of wrinkly skin I've been keeping all tucked up in there. <sighs> so I'm ready to check my voicemail. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hi, Jesse. This is Shauna. Um, I am from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, Canada. For your American listeners, they probably don't know where that is, um, but I'm sure you do. 
And I've been a longtime fan. I love New Mom Who This and everything that you do has been fantastic. Love the podcast. I just wanted to comment. You did a um, segment last week on misunderstood song lyrics. And the first one that came to mind for me was there's a song called Innocence by like Harlequin, I think is the band. They're like an 80s rock band. Um, and this song used to play all the time on the rock stations, and the chorus is kind of like, Innocence, it is all you ever pleaded. Anyways, seriously, when I was little, I used to think they were saying, Anal sex, it's all you ever pleaded. <laughs> I literally thought that was the lyrics. I just thought I would share that. And yeah, uh, love your show. Look forward to hearing this week's episode. Bye. Oh, hi, Shauna from Saskatoon. I think is this I think this is our second voicemail from Saskatoon. Is phone a friend hot in Saskatchewan? Just Italy and Saskatchewan niche demographics, but I'll take it. First of all, I love this. I love a follow up to a previous episode. You know, last week. I blew so many minds, mostly in Saskatchewan, apparently, by revealing that J-Lo does not say, are you Ellie, when Ja Rule asks, what's my motherfucking name? She actually spells it out for him. R-U-L-E. Are you Ellie? Are you Ellie? And by the way, that's such a jam. I have been playing it all week. I hope I inspired you to ask Alexa to play more Ja Rule. And if you're listening to this podcast out loud and you have Alexa, she's now playing Ja Rule. So sorry for that. Now, Shauna from Saskatoon wants me to listen to Innocence by Harlequin. Shauna, I am not familiar with this song, but I cannot think of a more 80s sounding band than Harlequin. And I don't know what was going down in Saskatoon in the 80s, but you thought it was anal sex. So let's listen. Oh! (laughs) Anal sex! Oh, yeah. Come on. I am absolutely with you, Shauna. He is definitely saying anal sex. Anal sex. Anal sex. It's all you ever needed. I'm not going to ask why you were singing about anal sex as a child in Saskatoon, but thank you for sharing this, Shauna. And please leave me more voicemail messages about anything, including your misunderstood lyrics at 323-448-0068. Anal sex. And with that revelation, that's our show. Should we just keep this party going with the anal sex song, Jason? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Huge thank you to the Birds Papaya's Sarah Nicole Landry for enlightening us all. She truly is such an inspirational force. And I hope she helped all of my phone of friends really reframe how you think about your bodies. I know she did for me. And now I'm going to go listen to this song and think about Pedro Pascal in short shorts. Let's talk next week. Bye, Jason. Bye. Bye. Phone a friend was created by our mommy, Jessie Crookson. The executive producers are Jessie Crookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes or by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us.
Bray Gatika and Real Gatika were her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening. Okay, see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.